This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine region. Well, welcome to Vintage uh, 2019, Jill. Good morning, James. Good morning, everyone. Vintage 19 will be... Uh, 2020. 2020 will Did be... Did I say 29? You said, yeah. you said 19. 2020 will be uh, upon us before we yeah. know it. I mean, if you're listening to this live, we do this in... This is September 2019, but no, yeah, it is Vintage 2020. And um, I'm going to... You know, today we're in the car because that's actually what my vintage is like. It's a lot of driving around and looking at things. So I thought we'll take this podcast on the road. So yeah, if there's a bit of a, if you hear me beeping my horn at someone, that's uh, yeah, that's just normal. That's just normal, and I, I'm being driven and chauffeured. So we're heading out to um, which vineyard today, well, James? I thought. Remember, we talked last year at the end. I took you after the heat wave to a, a, a vineyard that was in good condition. And a vineyard that was in bad condition. You did. We looked at two Shiraz vineyards, yeah, so very I, close together. So I've printed off a uh, printed off a satellite satellite imagery of those vineyards, and I thought we'll drive out to them today. And that's going to be something to be really great to talk about because they're very different. The imagery. So do you want to explain um, yeah. what the colours in this imagery mean? Great, great for a podcast. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll find a way of having these these pictures available in and the, upload it. So what you have in your hand is you have both of those vineyards taken from satellite and you have, um, it's called a normalised vegetation index, but in, in layman's terms it just shows how green the leaves were on one date, which was December the 23rd, and then how green they were on um, January the 30th, which is after the heatwave. So if I can describe the first yeah. vineyard we went to, lots of uh, green on one side and blue, and then a massive amount of red and yellow. Yeah, and that was the, that, so red and red and yellow are showing you where it lost greenness. So the, the leaves became less green. And this was actually half of this vineyard yeah. were in the red and yellow yeah. section. That's the bit that had bad irrigation system. Okay, so this was a bad irrigation system. It also had a very interesting uh, um, setup. The we, I remember from that vineyard they had the twist, twisted trunks, the twisted, yeah. the twisted trunks, and then we moved over to another vineyard that had been using cover crops. Yeah, and then that it's in better condition. It's a better looking vineyard because we moved over to that other vineyard that had cover crops. It had been using biodynamic principles. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the biodynamic principles are necessarily the only reason it was better. No. Because that did have a more modern irrigation it system. It did, and it was yeah. interesting with that irrigation system because it was set up very differently. Do you yeah. want to describe how that um, was set up? So it had uh, a one and a half litre dripper every 50 centimetres, I yes. think. So it's not one big emitter, one big dripper no. leaving just a big puddle. It's actually like a, what they call a sausage and much, uh, much more much more suitable for soaking into the ground. And that yeah. was a that was a, a very big difference between this vineyard and the, the previous vineyard yeah. that had, you know, it was defoliating, it was yeah. dying. And I, I tend to say the real reason they were different is that one of them has the silly wrapped trunks, which yes. makes hard to get water up. The pipework of the, the pipework is of twisted The pipework of the is twisted, yeah. yes. And, and it had an old-fashioned system that wasn't working properly. And, and that yeah. was really evident. Yeah, it was quite yeah. an old vineyard. Yeah. I think they were both... 
Um, the 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 poorer vineyard was older, but then right. that, but then it's only when we say older, it's only planted in the mid to late nineteen nineties. So, so it's not, only thirty years old, or not even that. Yeah. So I think they're about twenty five years old, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is not old in the global scheme. No, and in a pocket where there were other vineyards surrounding it that looked very different. Yeah. So have you got any other questions for this year, 2020? Any other well, have you got a, your crystal ball out? Uh, well, I don't have to have a crystal ball because I've got the Bureau of Meteorology. There you go. Um, they spend millions of dollars of taxpayers' money. Um, but they do give you some good data. So They I've, do. but yeah, I sent you the forecast. So you, you did. I've yeah. had the forecast and that was really interesting. So it um, was saying that there was a very similar forecast to last year. Yeah. And we had um, a term that was very interesting, a positive Indian Ocean dipole. Can yeah. you explain that? Um, so, a po- I guess, it, you know the trade winds, the roaring 40s, um, it, it's just saying that conditions in the Indian Ocean, those trade winds are going further south than is typical. And what that does is it tends to push low fronts further to the south of mainland Australia. Okay, so rain may be pushed Push, away from pushed certain away areas. From, the further north you are, the more likely you are to miss out on the rain. So I guess in South Australia, the Clare Valley is more likely to miss out than the Barossa Valley, which is in turn, McLean Rail is more likely to get rain. And then Kangaroo Island in the southeast, again, are more likely again. So the further south you are, the, the greater your chances of getting your rain. Okay, yeah. so if it's positive, this we'll call it an IOD. Yeah, it just means it's bad for rain. Okay, yeah. it's and bad ne- for A negative rain. means it's going closer. The negative, it's going closer. To so the it, north, it's yeah. associated with the below average rainfall normally. Yeah. And quite warmer than average days. So um, we could end up with a drier than average into the year. Yeah, well, the, this is the this likely. Would, this would event. be the third spring in a row where they've had a positive Indian dipole. So you could expect a spring similar to the last two years. So, so quite a warm spring. Warm spring, um, uh, lower lower rainfall. You were saying clearer saying, skies. Clearer skies. So what's the clearer skies? The risks associated with that? Um, the negative of it is it does increase frost risk. But as you were saying, only a few yeah. areas in McLaren Vale that it's very little. have... Um, it, it, where it occurs, it is serious, and, and right. it can be up a problem up through Blewett Springs, Clarendon. So further away you get from the coast. Yeah, away from the warming influence of the Gulf. So, of course, um, we're a Mediterranean climate with most of our rainfall in winter and having those moderating breezes and the moderating effects of being close to the, the sea. Yeah, and we had, we had frost in October that was quite serious last right. year. Right, and yeah. so October's... Uh, a, month, a, a month, month away, away. After we, so it's something yeah, it to be aware of. Yeah, um, and you know those sites, those people know they know they frost, yeah. yeah, and they have to they have to prepare their site as best as possible. So, are there any other things at the moment that growers should be looking out for? Any other pests or? Um, yeah, in- insect levels can be increased by warm temperatures because they um, insects, just like grapes, uh, uh, they they don't control their temperature so the warmer the weather is the the quicker they get to maturity the quicker they breed the more chances of more cycles in a year happens so we could have a season of of more yeah higher insect level so you were 
um, talking about watching out for ants as being one yeah, of the I, I, that's been major in, precursors. I mean, these first, the first crop watches of the season are a bit repetitive okay. because there's not a lot that we can go out and say about a vineyard. Um, snails is the obvious one. Okay. Yeah, everyone can find a snail. Um, the ants refers to scale. That's how we teach people to look for grapevine scale because the two go together. So can you tell me a little bit about what scale looks like, where it's going to occur and what we can do about it? Um, scale will look like an upturned almond shell. Okay, but a very minute almond shell. Yeah, very small. At, at the moment, they're only about half grown. So I think they're like the size of the tip of your key or maybe a quarter of your fingernail. They're really okay. quite small. And when they're fully grown, they they probably get to the size of your um, nail on your little finger, depending on okay. how big your hands are and whether you've been had a French polish and all or that not. jazz. And, yeah. and when, when is that a major problem? Um, it's a major problem when they build up to high levels on, on singular vines or, or in panels of vines because they suck energy out of it. They're so, sucking sugar and So how sap. can you notice that in your vines? Well, the first way you'll notice is, is ants because they're attracted to the sugar. Okay. And ants will actually keep predators off of the scale. They'll shoo other, um, other wasps are the main predators of, of, um, scale and but the presence of ants will deter the wasps from um, um, basically infecting the uh, scale so so when you see lots of ants stop look and see pull what's away happening some bark those, have a look yeah so it can hide under the bark as well yeah yeah okay. well it will be under the yeah. bark most of the time again you think like a like a creature you don't want to be sitting out where no, you want to be you. hiding you be away from and be yeah. protected so ants look out for ants in your vineyard what else is happening around this time um there's one other thing but you can't see it okay. uh is is mites move at this time of year okay and the, and what are, what does that look like well they're microscopic so, so you can't see unless them? you're a professional entomologist or have a good <laughs> microscope you're not going to see you're them. not going to see them so we we what diagnose is... mite damage based on previous seasons Okay, so you're going, if you've had it in a previous you season, you're going back and looking for yeah. those symptoms. And what are those main symptoms? Um, the first type is bud mite. Bud mite moves from um, where it winters under bark, goes into buds, affects the bud. The bud then grows without, the shoot grows with, with a one distorted leaf and no growing tip. Okay. So it's not a normal so shoot. Not a normal shoot. So after bud burst, you can see those. So you're, you're, that's easily identifiable. Yeah. And what's the other type of mite um, that people should look out for? The other one is rust mite. Okay. Rust mite's famously what makes vines go bronze colour. Right, rusty. Rusty at, at, after harvest. But it, early in the season, it gets into the bud in the same way bud mite does, around bud burst. Um, and it will affect growth by making the shoots... Very distorted, very stunted. They will grow much slower than normal. Um, and you'll get a horrible kind of looking early spring development. Um, so those those shoots will just not look like they should. And it, it's actually easy to see rust mite damage when you see some healthy shoots next to them so or near them. So you can compare it. Yeah, you'll see the healthy shoots will be a foot long, 30 centimetres long. The rust mite affected ones will be five or six centimetres long and really ragged and they look horrible. And how um, can you control this? Well, both, both, of the, both rust mite and bud mite are controlled by sulphur. Sulphur is a, a miticide. So that's why you see people spraying at bud burst. That's what they're going after. They're trying to limit mites. 
but it is a little bit complicated because um, sulfur itself interferes with insects that might actually control the mites. So it's a bit of a catch-22. So most, I mean, and this is this is the big dilemma. Do you do something or do you do nothing? What is... In most cases, you do nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's easy to say, but um, unless you've really had a diagnosed problem, um, you shouldn't just be going out and spraying it. Bud burst. Um, and of course, we have the integrated pest management system. That's what integrated pest management really means. It's you only control a problem if the cost of doing nothing... Uh, is more. Is more than, yeah, the consequences of not doing something. Okay, yeah. and of course all that affects the bottom line and, and we have, you know, sustainable viticulture culture in McLaren Bay. Yeah, and, and look, it's changed. I mean, I have about a 20-year career and it's, it's changed a lot. Yeah. So you're looking at different things now and some things that you were mentioning. Well, vine scale we never talked about 20 years ago. Okay. They're a problem of vines getting older and I think of having a monoculture because we now have such a monoculture. We do. Um, that... that once you get a few scale in a vineyard, then it goes into the next vineyard. Okay, so it moves very yeah. easily. Ah, uh, it moves somewhat easily. How does it move? How does it get tra- um, transferred? Physical movement. Physical movement. Yeah. Me- mechanical movement. Okay. Probably a little bit of wind. Okay. Um, but they they they're not they're a, they're mainly in the mobile scale. Like they 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 have a little they have a part of their life where they run around, but it's only quite brief at the end of winter. And then the rest of the year, they're sitting there sucking sap out of vines. Okay. So it, it, you physically have to move them somehow with machinery right, or so cuttings or yep, something. So it's something yeah. that we do. Yeah, yeah we do that. Human realizing. factor. It's that biosecurity thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talking about rainfall this year, anything different? Uh, well, the rainfall pattern um, was uh, May was well above average rainfall. It was over 100 mil. Um, which was really needed because the first three months of the year uh, were the driest they've basically ever been. It was, and harvest was, by the end of harvest, it was so dry. It so last, unbelievably dry. Last year we talked about and we had a session on a green drought because everything looked okay on the top, yeah. but it was very dry underneath. This, this year it is wet underneath, luckily. So we have, looking like we're going to have the same type of spring, so we're looking like we're going to have a um, dry spring, but at least we start the start the season full. Okay, so it's when you're going to use your water again. One of the most important things this year. Yeah, I think that this will be another season where the way you use your irrigation is going to going to firstly help with plant health, vine health, um, but also also helps with quality as well because um, in a really wet season. Great quality is probably just determined by uh, the good sites, having some drainage, not getting so vigorous. But in a season that's that's dry overall, you actually have a lot more control as a as a grape grower. So you can make some of your lower quality sites. You can you can push them up a little okay. bit if if you like. If and I think it is the market now to. People are people are screaming for A grade and premium B grade, fruit, premium, premium fruit. wines. Yeah, yeah. there's the premiumization of yeah. of our, yeah. our and, and I think in a in a dry season, you do have least control over that. Okay, yeah. so anything else you think that people should be doing at the moment? What are some of the tasks that you would be out there doing right now, or is this a little bit of downtime? It's a, li- it's a little bit of downtime. People, as I said, they see a couple of green leaves and they get excited that bud burst is here um 
but it catches pretty quick because you know when we talk in a, say if we talk in a month in the first week of October, it's not it, it, there's going to be a lot of green everywhere. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be a pretty different different site. Yeah. What about hail? Yeah, we've had two hailstorms in two years. Hail is another unfortunate um, possibility from having that. Uh, Those clear skies clear, and, yeah. and, and missing out. It's on. not so much clear skies. It's just something about um, something about the climate in the last two seasons has meant we've had late hailstorms. I mean, the poor old apple growers have had to run a marketing campaign for hail damage fruit two years in a row. Right. Um, so uh, the Bureau of Meteorology can't predict that in, in what they put out with their with their you know, prediction long-term averages. Um, and so that's why I'm being a little bit vague because I, I, I can't say, oh, yeah, well, geez, real chance of hail this year. I, I don't know. But again, okay. only certain sites were pretty lucky in McLaren Vale that would be prone to... Yeah, I mean, it's luck of the dice a little bit with hail, okay. although it does seem to run in certain, like, I think there's certain certain ways that that clouds run across this valley, this basin, and the hail seems to want to run along the coast, in, and then it comes then it comes in off the sea and runs along the escarpment around Wollonga okay. and then up through Clarendon, and it runs along Seaview all the time. So you've, not, you've s- noticed that over, yeah, over yeah. many seasons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not the oldest guy in the world, but, yeah, it runs runs along the Seaview kind of area a lot, and it runs a, uh, a few kilometres out from Wollonga, yeah. Fantastic. Right, cool. Thanks, James. Love coming out in the vineyard. No, no problems. I'm really looking forward this year to seeing whether we have a lot of similarities, um, noting the differences, and learning a lot from you. It's fantastic. We'll see how we go. Thanks, Jill. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine region.